welcome to the Bill Barnwell Show. I am Bill Barnwell. Today, so excited to have our guest here, a frequent contributor to the show when he was at ESPN, now at The Athletic, does one of the best articles every year on what people really think inside the league about the various starting quarterbacks. Joining me to talk about that article, his annual quarterback tiers at The Athletic, is my friend Mike Sando. Mike, Bill. I, you, you told me before, you're, this is like, what, what What number is this in terms of, like, is this, is this 25 of 90 in terms of hits talking about <laughs> quarterback tiers? Um, so it is a lot. I know we did uh 24 on monday and tuesday and probably <laughs> oh, another 15 or 16 today and then i've got some more i think it's going to be 50 from monday to, to thursday and it's awesome because you know there of course there's some uh you know big podcasts like yours and, and a few others but then you know the the local radio show in pittsburgh is really interested about their guy right so oh, there's a whole different discussion to be had there some of it is the same and overlaps but um it's fun to hear the different perspectives from each market and be like you can get somebody saying, why isn't Jalen Hurts in tier one? And then you go to like the Kansas City market and they're like, hey, why is Jalen Hurts so high? You know, <laughs> uh, the perspectives are all informed by, you know, what people are paying attention to in their own market. And that's kind of fun. Let, let's actually start with, with tier one. We'll start with the very, very top. Um, obviously, no surprise, Patrick Mahomes is number one, unanimous number one. Has anybody over the course of of your time doing this? Which what what? How many years now? What, what, what year is this? Ten this years. is a deck a full yeah. decade. Crazy. Wow. Um, <laughs> it, it, like is the streak Mahomes is on right now in terms of unanimous tier one? Is that the longest anyone has done? Where it's been you know every every single person has been tier one. Well, no, because curiously, last year he was a 49 out of 50. One person oh, wow. tooed him. Uh, uh, and so, you know, I, I know that before this year, Aaron Rodgers had 401 out of 408 votes for tier one. That's mm -hmm. that's a lot. That's like 98 percent. So <laughs> uh, the actual the streak of of this, I would say Rodgers probably has it. I mean, I, I, in fact, I can look while we're doing this, but uh, I'd say Rodgers probably has it. I, you know, one person gave Joe Burrow a tier two vote, which is an outlier thing, but I love it mm -hmm. because Mahomes should be alone at the top, uh, you know, with the highest average, I think. And um, he's just doing something that, I mean, I don't want to talk about forever in the history of the league, but... Mm -hmm. I think what he's doing is different because of this. Because if you go through the history of the league, let's just go in, you know, in, in my lifetime, which does date to the 1970s, but <laughs> the, the quarterbacks, you know, the legacy quarterbacks who won a lot, Terry Bradshaw, historic mm -hmm. defense, Joe Montana, great offense in 49ers, but they led the league in points allowed for the eighties. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go into the next phase with Steve Young or, Brett Favre or Troy Aikman, great defenses, Hall of Famers. You get mm -hmm. into the Tom Brady era, awesome defenses. They special teams. They always were winning in the margins. And when you get to Mahomes, you know you get some bad, really bad defenses. Yeah. Uh, you get some mid defenses. You get some horrific special teams. They don't have some kind of uh, run game that it's based around or anything like that. They could trade Tyreek Hill and get better. Yeah. I think that is is really notable for him. Absolutely. I mean, this is also 
over the past couple of years, at least when, I, when I've looked at this, one of the youngest teams in all yeah. of football. It's not like this is a team where it's the, you know, the Bucks around Tom Brady the past couple of years where it was, okay, we're peaking now. We got all our guys here. This is a team that if you take, obviously, if you take Patrick Mahomes off it, it's worse. But if you just look at the roster away from Mahomes, you think, okay, they're pretty good. They have a good offensive line. They have Travis Kelsey, a Hall of Fame receiver, but running backs aren't anything special. The wide receivers certainly are not special on paper. The defense, pretty good. Chris Jones, obviously a great player, but you know, it certainly holds on this roster and certainly not the roster you look at and you think, oh my God, they're obviously a Super Bowl contender, but Mahomes elevates everyone and makes everyone that much better. And you know, I, I I really think you brought up the key thing of just everyone in the NFL, it feels like, is desperate, outside of maybe the Packers, is desperate to add pieces for their quarterback, their young quarterback. And Mahomes is still relatively young. You know, it's always, hey, we have to add as many pieces as possible. We have to have as much around our guy as possible. The Chiefs actively traded away a guy who was incredible last year. He was one of the best receivers in football after leaving and still managed to win a Super Bowl and really got better on offense after doing so. And yeah, exactly. He adapted to that. And then by the way, he hurt his ankle going into the Super Bowl and then That's willed true. the team. So so I think like you check the box of the t- you know, the toughness willing your team to, you know, all of that stuff. Uh that's just another thing for him. Like like with Mahomes, what's one thing you would change about him? <laughs> Um, that's a good I'm, question. I'm, you know, make him be twice as fast. I mean, realistically, yeah. like, what would you, what do you, you know, I think mm-hmm. as, uh, there's a, one of the comments in there was like, hey, what's the next, you know, frontier for him? And it's really right. just having an even greater command and mastery of the game and situations, mm-hmm. right? Like Rogers probably has where mm-hmm. you're almost managing the game with timeouts and, and play clocks and all of that. Right. I'm sure he can get a little better at that, but there's not much. Not much yeah. change. Yeah. I mean, you know, does he take the occasional swing where you'd sit there and say, hey, you could have got the ball out after three seconds and it would have been fine? Of course. But yeah. striking that balance has been true for other great quarterbacks like Brett Favre. You know, that, that that's a yeah. line that can be tough to toe. And for someone like Favre, when he was bad at it, I mean, his numbers were horrific. He was terrible. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in football at stretches over the course of his career. For Mahomes, he's been so consistently extremely good even la- even 2021 which was a down year relatively yeah. um you know they were still one of the three or four best offenses in all of football so so just uh, yeah and i got your answer for the consecutive years of please uh, so so rogers and brady both did it from 15 to 18 15 16 okay. 17 so they both did it four years mahomes <laughs> has has it for 2021 and 23 and he's one freaking vote away in 2022 so that's kind of lame that he got tier two last year by one because he he should probably have four years in a row as well but guess what if i keep doing this thing i think he's gonna have four years (laughs) i think he might get more than four that that, that's gonna turn into one of the most memorable votes in the history of the quarterback (laughs) tiers rankings I know it was. I enjoyed the, you know, I I, I love the outlier votes because you always pick, you always pick up a nugget, you know, um, like like this year, Kyler Murray got one tier one vote. I'm like, are you kidding me? And the guy gave a good explanation about that that I took to heart, you know, of what Ooh. he really liked about Kyler Murray. So. Okay, sell sell me. I want to talk about more tier one guys, but sell me yeah. on Kyler Murray, tier one quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
so I said, come on, what, what are you talking about? And he said, uh, well, look at the situation in Arizona. Very recently, you know, whatever in the last couple of years, they were a playoff team. And mm-hmm. you can't name a reason besides him that they were. Mm-hmm. His playmaking was the whole thing. There wasn't a great defense. There wasn't some amazing offensive line. They didn't have a great coach or coaching staff. This guy made plays to take over games and win games. And when you can mm-hmm. do that, you're the franchise. So I think it's still ridiculous to <laughs> give him that for now when he's got an ACL and they, mm-hmm. we don't even know if they're going to keep him as their quarterback. Uh, but that's why you talk to 50 because yeah. – one guy doesn't screw up the whole thing unless it's the Mahomes uh, tier one blocker, <laughs> the one guy. But but you end up getting something that I you go know, you know that is fair to give him a little bit more credit. You you zoom out on Arizona. There's a lot of problems besides Kyler Murray. In no Arizona, question. So. No question. No one's looking at that roster without Kyler Murray and thinking, oh yeah, they're going to be fine this year. Yeah. Um, no exactly. question. Kyler Murray finished top of tier three, mm-hmm. uh, according to Mike's quarterback tiers. Let Let's talk a little more about quarterback one, Joe Burrow. Josh Allen, I don't think there's any doubts about either of those guys, but four and five did interest me. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't be there, I'm not saying that they're it's wrong to feel like those guys should be there, but number four and number five, I want to discuss with you. We'll start with number four, Aaron Rodgers, where he comes in, he is not unanimous in tier one, but still 30 out of 50 voters saw him as a tier one quarterback last year or, or for the upcoming season, despite a year in 2022 where I think he was 26 or 20. He was in the, the, the mid twenties in the NFL in total QBR. Now, of course, QBR is not, not single handedly going to tell you everything. He was 26, by the way, behind Matt Ryan. Um, but certainly a, a year where Rogers did struggle. In part <laughs> he was behind Matt gym. Ryan. He was wow. behind Matt Ryan in QBR. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I, I, I think if you polled 50 people, as you did, I don't think they would say Aaron Rodgers was the 26th best quarterback in football last year. But certainly no. a, a, a frustrating season for Aaron Rodgers. So what changed from from a voter perspective about Aaron Rodgers when you talked to them? And, and what did the people who did give Aaron Rodgers tier one votes hold on to as sort of the the argument for having him still valued at that level? Yeah, I think, you know. If you go back to the end of the Mike McCarthy era when the offense was doing poorly, relatively speaking, and people were starting to question Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback tiers guys like rallied around him. I mean, it was like you still was unanimous tier one. It would always kind of be a story. Uh, and this time for him to get 20 out of the 50 in tier two is actually really saying something. That's a mm-hmm. big shift uh, of people anticipating the end or the decline as he, uh, you know, goes into his age 40 season. But um, the people that, you know, that kept him in tier one, I think, number one, they recently watched Tom Brady have an off year in, in New England, and and it wasn't all Tom. I mean, he was nearing the end of a kind of a relate, long-term relationship that had gotten stale, and, and he was going to be energized going to a new place, and he was. They didn't see the fundamental – it wasn't like he couldn't do anything. He hadn't lost the ability to do the things that made him tier one. He just had a bad year. And that would be – you know, it's not like it's a, a – uh, 82 game season in the NBA where, you know, it's probably a, for Aaron Rodgers last year, it's probably five games that you swing out of the mm-hmm. typical Aaron Rodgers game level. Right. So mm-hmm. I think people just didn't see anything that he couldn't do anymore. It just wasn't a good year. And there were reasons for that. I mean, he was hurt. He was up unhappy. Uh, you know, we've talked enough about 
you know, the the weaponry and that type of stuff, which mm-hmm. some of that's of his own making. He wants to have all his friends on the team. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think some of those things were real, too. Of course. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I, I think what's really great about this is not just talking to 50 people, but from your perspective, you know, you're someone who's very thoughtful and nuanced. Like, there, there, there's not just a binary thing, right? It's not just Aaron Rodgers is exactly the same quarterback he was or Aaron Rodgers is, you know, a fraud who is going to embarrass himself in new york uh you know as he approaches 40 years old there's there's a balance of well there's some reasons to be concerned i think plenty of reasons to think he's going to be just fine and certainly i think it's fair to say moments last year where he looked every bit as good as the guy he was in years past so you know is the interception rate that that spike that that almost tripled last year from what it had been the prior few seasons, is that going to keep up? I would, I would be surprised. I think he's going to protect the ball more. I think he's going to be a little luckier when it comes to maybe some tip passes. I don't think – what was that game, the Lions game, where he threw two interceptions oh, in the end zone? Oh, my gosh, the one down by the end zone, yeah. To, to Bakhtiari. Yes. Horrific. But, you know – I think he was the, disinterested. He seemed yeah. disinterested almost, you know? Yeah. You know, and I think – Certainly, we can say what you want about Nathaniel Hackett. Um, I know Sean Payton has, but clearly, <laughs> clearly, Aaron Rodgers feels very comfortable working with Nathaniel Hackett. Clearly, he has pieces around him he's comfortable with, with uh, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. Clearly, he has a number one receiver in Garrett Wilson that he did not have last year. So, I think there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic. I think there's just, you know, there's certainly downside risk here as well when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. Um, another guy in the t- in tier one, and I was more surprised by this one, was Justin Herbert, who came in at five. And obviously, it's not because of his ability. But just thinking about what happened at the very end of the season, where he lost a game to the Jaguars. They were well ahead in. He missed some plays in that game. He was not, you know, didn't have that sort of mastery of the game situation and game management in the second half that you just mentioned Rodgers has, that Mahomes is developing. Um, you know, it felt like Herbert, as talented as he is, was not that guy where, you know, he was single-handedly going to prevent his team from losing that game. So what did you hear from people about Herbert last year relative to what you heard after the 2021 season? Yeah. So I think seven votes for him shifted out of tier one into tier two. He he did, uh, you know, fall a little bit, mm-hmm. but not enough to come out of tier one. I think, uh, number one, anyone who watches him play in person, there's there's a visceral reaction. Like they're really <laughs> impressed by him. He's really impressive. Uh, to watch. So everyone, like you said, knows he has the talent. I think there's an understanding of, well, first off, the the bad loss last year. If you go before that, I mean, they had a bunch of wins down the stretch to uh, to even get into that position. They didn't mm-hmm. start well, had a couple losses to the, at San Francisco, to mm-hmm. Kansas City, you know, close, I think, one score games. You're not going to hold that against them. And they finished pretty strong and were way ahead on Jacksonville and they blew it. So, you know, you, you have to look in that equation and say, what percentage of that is on uh, Aaron is on Justin Herbert and the people who put him in tier two were like, Hey, make a freaking play in the game. He just needed one against Jacksonville and like any tier one player would do. But the flip side of that coin is there's a reason Eli Manning didn't want to play for the chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this organization doesn't do much to support their guy. And so if you look over the last two seasons, 
They're 28th in EPA on defense and special teams, mm -hmm. and they have a 19 and 15 record. All of the other teams that are that low uh, in the bottom five, the other ones are, you know, like 51 and 84 or something. It's not even close. So uh, what would be the reason on that team why they would even have a winning record? And you can't find a great running game or an amazing defense. Uh, you can find one guy, and that's the guy throwing the football. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I certainly, you know, Herbert had to battle a lot last year, not only his own rib injury, but so many core components of that offense were injured at different stretches. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams were hurt for half the season. Sean Slater injured for most of the year. I think week three, he went down for the season. Um, Herbert you know, was hurt. Herbert, <laughs> he had the rib injury. Herbert, I don't know how he played through that rib injury. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So he was playing through yeah. that. But there's no doubt that people see the talent and there's a little of bit of, uh, hey, this guy just is, it looks like a tier one guy. I think that definitely helps him to be up there. It certainly feels like at any point, Herbert could have the sort of season where he's 50 out of 50 the next year. Yeah. But yep. I, I, I found it intriguing because, you know, uh, I think this poll is better about recency bias than most. You know, I think there is a, a what have you done for me lately element when it comes to talking about these guys and the last memory we have of Herbert was not the best, but I, I think certainly his broader body of work makes the case. Yeah. Guys who sort of like, like a good example is, you know, Geno Smith probably should be higher, you know, whatever he's mm -hmm. at 20 or something in this thing, he should be higher off of last year, but like the full context of his career counts in this too. Right. So like do it again. And that's fine. That's fine. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there is no competition. And right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8-Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Tier 2, I think there's kind of that, that group of guys where you see them traveling, you know, on the way up, on the way down. Jalen Hurts in six, narrowly missing out on, on tier one in the top five, where he's been, of course, improving incredibly over the course of the last couple of seasons. But last year, his first year at that level, Trevor Lawrence in at eight, where, again, making strides, certainly um, was the bottom of tier three last year, now solidly in tier two, but really only half a season where he That's was a at big that move. Level. That's a pretty big move. That's a huge leap. But then on the flip side, you have Matthew Stafford uh, at 10. You have Deshaun Watson at 11, where even though they did drop off, you know, those guys were not tier two quarterbacks last season. At least to me, they were not they were not playing at that level when they were nope. on the field. And there was reasons for that, perhaps off the field, on the field. Um, but those guys, even though they did take a step backwards, are still being regarded around the league as as guys who can win you plenty of football games. Yep, absolutely. There, there is kind of a gravitational pull of what you've been, right? So that you don't just come completely un unanchored from that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the best way to look at them. Uh, otherwise, you are too hot and cold. And there, there's a reason we don't revisit the quarterback tiers after week one. 
you know, oh, wow, did you see uh, Daniel Jones was on fire? You know, he's tier two. That's not how it works. And I think, <laughs> you know, this shows that too, that, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to completely fall out of tier one on one bad season when he's been, <laughs> when he's been a unanimous guy and two-time mm-hmm. MVP. Did any of these guys surprise you in tier two? Um, whether it be Hertz not getting into tier one or whether the guys in the bottom, Watson and Cousins, who had very different seasons last year, not dropping into tier three. I think I was a little surprised that Matthew Stafford didn't drop farther. Interesting. Uh, because I think just the way that team is perceived right now, mm-hmm. that it's kind of, you know, it's a little bit of a rebuild and he's been hurt. And do they have the support for him up front? And where's he just kind of at, at at his career? So he got 33 votes in the top two tiers, one in tier one, 32 in tier two. I thought that was uh, better than it could have been for him. You know, and I think Kirk Cousins, even though I don't think people have fundamentally changed their opinion of him, <laughs> but he moved up. I mean, he, he's been he got half the votes in tier two and half in tier three, which to me is perfect. And he's been there before Mm -hmm. maybe five years ago, but I feel like I think the last four years or so he's been a little bit more heavily in tier three. So my initial thought there was, are people overvaluing the fact that they had the kind of unsustainable win (laughs) season? But then I was looking in pro football reference. He had eight fourth quarter comeback wins. It's tied for the most in a season since at least 1960. So -hmm. maybe the quarterback gets some credit for that. Right. And I think two, 2.5 is exactly what Kirk is. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, and I think there's, you know, with, with with Patrick Mahomes, he's a tier one quarterback every week. With Kirk Cousins, there's probably a couple games a year he's a tier one quarterback and a couple yeah. games a year he's a tier four quarterback. And then a lot of games where he's even even from quarter to quarter fluctuating between tier two and tier three. Yeah. I'm not a little surprised. Like, were you would you be surprised that uh Lamar Jackson's tier average a year ago was 2.00, and this year it's mm-hmm. 1.94. Like it went up a little, which look, I have some different voters in there. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson basically held his value completely. There was no fluctuation at all, yet I thought last season was a negative for him. Mm-hmm. So that Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think when he was on the field, it was inconsistent. But I think maybe yeah. given how bad they were on offense once he went down, I wonder if that yeah. raised people's <laughs> opinions of Lamar. And I think there's some optimism with getting some wide receivers for him. Yes. And, you know, maybe the offense will take a step forward. It remains to be seen. But uh, I actually thought that was kind of kind of good. I thought some guys who've had some struggles just didn't get crushed in this thing mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson fell a lot, but. You could really look at, like I said, Lamar Jackson, Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray uh, did not really have good years and they Mm -hmm. suffered, but people didn't just trash them. And I think that's good. I think I'm glad they didn't. It's smart. I mean, you know, I think we have a preponderance of evidence saying don't overreact to one season. I, you know, I'm when I. When I, I'm hopping on TV at ESPN, the plenty of times it's, oh, is Dak, is Dak ruined? Is, is Dak's career <laughs> over? And, you know, Dak's interception rate fluctuated. That happens. It's not. Yeah. That doesn't mean that Dak's a, a totally different quarterback because he had, you know, a higher interception rate last year. He's in the middle of his career. So I, you know, I, I think there's a healthy, a, a healthy balance between being reactive to what you saw last year because last year can be meaningful. There are times where, Who's a good example? Like Matt Schaub 
when Matt Schaub really started struggling with the Texans, I was like, eh, I'll probably be fine. Like just a bad stretch of pick sixes. And he was done. <laughs> it was it. <laughs> Sometimes he, he, that happens. Hit the wall. That was unbelievable. Yeah, I do remember. Right. But, you know, it, it, usually when you have guys who have a, a, a body of evidence, it does tend to bounce back. You know, there's the elements that you could point to for Stafford, for example. I mean, that offensive line, they were down to second stringers by midseason. Of course, he got hurt, but they were down to third stringers in front of Baker Mayfield by the time the season was over. Um you know, and they, the Cooper Cup wasn't there uh, at the end of the year. Allen Robinson was banged up. And again, that was not with Stafford. But, you know, that that was not an offense that that looked great after Stafford left either. It wasn't like they improved when Stafford went down for the year and he was banged up heading into the season. You know, it wouldn't be shocking if Stafford looked more like a tier two guy this year than he did the year before. Um, one more Hurts question or one Hurts question and then move on to tier three and tier four. Um was there anything about Hertz's game or Hertz's play that you think kept voters from being more aggressive, putting him in tier one, or was it just a do it again and we'll be convinced situation? I think it's just uh, probably wanting to see him in, in a few more kind of have to pass situations. I mean, there's mm-hmm. certainly a full acknowledgement that he's made huge strides is a good, is a good passer now, but the nature of their team, you know, they're so good around him they they were leading almost all the time in fourth quarters. Uh, yeah. They they didn't really have as many. There were a couple times when he had some important two minute drives against Washington, you know, and teams kind of bottled him up. Obviously, a small sample, not enough to just dock him. I mean, he went from he's gone from thirtieth to twentieth to sixth in this thing. So he's right knocking at the door. But I I do think that there is a do it again um, component to this, and mm-hmm. a, a good example was like. When Lamar Jackson was the the MVP, he mm-hmm. went right to the top of tier two, and there was some outcry like, "Hey, what does he have to do?" And mm-hmm. well, people had some concerns about him as a passer, and I think the, ne- the next couple of years probably showed mm-hmm. he was a high tier two quarterback. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a there's probably a little bit of a bar there, and I think sometimes when you come in and you're you're not perceived, you're not a, you, when you have to improve a ton, uh, maybe you don't get the just automatic entry and like Josh Allen was another one. He's a Josh Allen's the only guy who's been in this thing for five years and improved in each of the first five years. <laughs> but there was a year, a couple years ago where he was at the top of tier two also. And mm-hmm. you probably could have made a case for him in tier one, but it's like, all right, let's just once and for all do this again and leave no doubt. Mm-hmm. No question. And I think all by all accounts, Jalen Hurts is in position to do that again. So yeah. uh, I, I think he would be a tier one quarterback if I voted this year. But I think it would be harder to to argue otherwise if he can not only do that again, oh, yeah. but given how frequently he's improved so far as a pro, even get better maybe in terms of getting rid of the football or, or you know, sure. like you said, being in more of those, those places where he has to throw and um, keeping up. Tier three, you mentioned some guys falling. I think the one that stands out to me, and it's it's it doesn't work like this, but it 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 the two names that seem so compelling to me are at sixteen and seventeen, where it's Russell Wilson and Tua Tagovailoa, and yeah. you know, no, no, I know you're not asking them to rank the quarterbacks and getting getting Russ and Tua back to back. It just worked out that way, but <laughs> it feels like. 
two quarterbacks who headed in such dramatically different directions last okay. year. Um, starting with Tua, we'll start with Tua at 17. Was it concern about his health or was it about his level of play? Uh, concern of health probably costs him a quarter of a tier, half a tier, I would guess. Um, okay. For sure, that's that's a part of it. you got to be on the field. I think there's also just skepticism about uh, him because people think that the offense has to be just kind of timed up perfectly with those really great wideouts, mm-hmm. clearly defined throws for him. And if it's there on time, he's going to throw it as accurately as anyone in the league. But once that starts to get disrupted, it crumbles pretty fast for him. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, a concern. So some of this is a struggle of, you know, division of credits always hard anyway. But when you have players that go from one extreme to another in terms of their support, think Jared Goff in the Jeff Fisher era, then the McVay era, right? There's two totally different swings. Well, it becomes a little bit hard through that to say for sure how much credit Goff gets when it goes well, right? Mm-hmm. I think that has happened to Tua a little bit, and people would like to probably see it again over a whole season. He did move up. I mean, he's solidly in Tier 3 with some guys yeah. that have had some definitely some more career success for him. So I think he's headed in the right direction, and people just need a little more convincing. Mm-hmm. And, and he was a Tier 4 quarterback comfortably last year. Um, yeah. So major strides taken with his performance over the first half of last season. Russell Wilson just ahead of him. I mean, it's there, there. There's a little chart here, or a little little graph here on the Athletic for tiers over time, and Russell Wilson sinking like a stone. Tier one in 2021, 40 out of 50 votes. All 50 votes in tier one or in tier two. Last year, one tier three voter. See that one outlier, that one tier three voter might have been yeah. onto something. Last year, yeah. mostly tier two votes, 34 out of 50. And this year, unsurprisingly, 37 tier three votes, not a single tier one vote for Russell Wilson and two votes in tier four for Russell Wilson. I don't think anybody could have imagined that a couple of years ago. But Mike, the 11 tier two voters about Russell Wilson, what were they optimistic about that led them to have more faith and kind of look at the broader body of work for Russell Wilson than strictly what we saw last season? Last year, he got really kind of ahead of himself and probably was humbled from that and is the type of guy who, uh, when challenged and really backed into a corner, has responded in the past Mm -hmm. to the challenge and throw in, you know, that it probably was, uh, you know, just a cocktail of of problems last year. You bring in Sean Payton, who, uh, you know, is a renowned offensive coach and and Russell Wilson can probably still play. Uh, not get all the way back to where he was and be, you know, a dynamic playmaking tier one quarterback, but at least maybe be in that range where Kirk Cousins is at the bottom of tier two. I think that would be the case mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, for that happening uh, for Wilson. You, you mentioned the sort of linear fall of him. Here's the number, the number of tier one votes over the last few years is 50, 40, 15, and zero. Wow. So, that's a huge uh, change, obviously. And I think most people feel like he's going to bounce back a little, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. Which seems fair. I mean, hardly, hardly would be shocking if he was somewhere between the guy the Broncos were expecting to get and the guy who the Broncos got last year. Um, 
from from your perspective, I mean, you've followed Russell Wilson very closely um, for his entire career. I mean, w- what do you think? If, if you were a voter, where would you put Russell Wilson? I'd probably put him in a three right now because it was so bad. And, and the trend line, you know, people, we sort of think it was this one year fall off, but it's been a gradual one. I mean, I remember writing about it before uh, he was even off the Seahawks. Something's different. Like the production changed. He lost the mm-hmm. mojo. And so I do think he'll probably come back in better shape and, and be, you know, quicker and those sorts of things. But I don't think at this stage of your career, you regain your youth. I think mm-hmm. his youth and ability to really create, I've encouraged people to do this. Just go on YouTube and look at like Russell Wilson, 2018 highlights. It's shocking. I mean, remember there'd be like a free blitzer and he'd turn his back to the defense. He'd fake turning one way, look over his shoulder to the other, and he'd throw a 30 yard pass across the field for a first down. Mm-hmm. You know, the, that has left him. I don't think that comes back. And I think that was what made him above a tier three player his ability to really do that. It wasn't that he was a great uh, on-time thrower in, in a Sean Payton-type offense. And so my concern for him now is uh, Sean Payton's completely empowered, obviously. Sean Payton's not invested in Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't go well, how long is he even going to stick with Russell Wilson? If Russell Wilson is – if they're losing games, I just feel like he could be imperiled to a quarterback change. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, like if you were, him. yeah, but I mean, if you're Sean Payton, would you go there if you thought that was? I, I you have to be willing to, but is that what you're expecting you're, to happen? If you're, if you start the season two and four and get thundered by the Jets, and mm-hmm. you know, just think of the pride and that's involved in Sean Payton. And he's already making comments like, well, he's making all kinds of comments, but you know, (laughs) we'd be, I'll be pissed off if we don't make the playoffs, just sort of things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And even Rogers, I thought it was interesting when Rogers kind of pushed back at Payton for the criticisms of Nathaniel Hackett, Mm -hmm. he said something kind of interesting. He, he said, sounds like a guy who's setting it it up for when things fail. And, Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, what is is Aaron Rodgers a uh, personnel evaluator who knows it's not going to go well in Detroit, in Denver? I thought, no, he's not. But he is best friends with the guy who was head coach in Denver and was uh, very intimately involved with Russell Wilson last year. So mm-hmm. that was interesting to me. You know, um, we'll just see. I just know it's not going to be Sean Payton's fault when things don't go well and there's going to be bumps in the road. Russell Wilson's not his guy. It's, I think it's a volatile situation where Wilson needs to play well in the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, certainly any signs of a turnaround are going to be welcomed by the Denver Broncos. 19 and 20, Daniel Jones and Geno Smith, I think two players who were very surprising to come back player of the year candidates. Um, which of these two players do you think voters had more faith in if you had to pick or do you think they're relatively similar that's just such a great question i didn't sense a great deal of faith in the upward mobility of either one of them um mm-hmm. uh, i think people felt like geno smith's kind of reached where he's going to reach and that mm-hmm. it may be similar but it's not going to go up 
And so, you know, maybe they feel like there's more room for growth for a younger Daniel Jones and also getting him some weapons because obviously Geno Smith has some really good weapons uh, last mm-hmm. year. And it's just further down the road as a mature player. You know, he obviously showed that last season. So, you know, I optimism, it didn't seem to be the huge word. Now, I do, uh, you know, the Football GM podcast every week with uh, Randy Mueller, and Randy's, I think, mm-hmm. really good at evaluating quarterbacks, and he's way bullish on Daniel Jones, like more than anybody. We just recorded for our Thursday podcast today, mm-hmm. and uh, he thinks he's going places, and that he's been wow. totally uh, underrated, and that getting him some weapons, uh, the day ball system, that he's going to continue to grow, and he, he saw a much higher upside for Daniel Jones and a much greater potential for Geno Smith to kind of level off. So that's a little bit of a contrarian view, but uh, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's definitely people who feel that way about Daniel Jones and and see Daniel Jones as sort of this was the last year was the ascension that they had been promised or they expected given his skill set. And I mean, he'll have every chance to prove it. And Sounds like he'll have, he'll have Saquon Barkley, which should help, hopefully. Yeah. But um, you know, there's there's certainly plenty of how would I put this? I think there's there's reasons to be concerned. Certainly, uh, the health might be a factor. It certainly Daniel Jones was a um, you know, what was a player who had struggled to stay healthy and and did stay healthy last year. Uh, and I think there's the the question of of year two for Brian Dable, not just not just Daniel Jones, but also Brian Dable, where I wrote about this earlier this year. There's been plenty of first year head coaches who have done great jobs with the offense and year two hasn't always gone so well. There's been the for every Sean McVay. There's been an Adam Gase. There's been a Kevin Stefanski. There's been a uh, Freddie Kitchens. You know, uh, usually there there's more guys who take a step backwards in year two as the play caller and head coach combo than got to take a step forward so yeah and when you have a uh, very good record, interested to see how yeah, it goes good record first year yeah. sometimes becomes your enemy it sets the unrealistic expectations but i would say like this about the giants i think they did what they did with a pretty underwhelming talent and i think that they no have upgraded their talent and they they seem to be kind of going about things in the right way in terms of just the building of the team you know not uh not doing kind of stupid short-term types of things so mm-hmm. uh let's just say the last year they're nine and seven and one you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they were nine and eight this year or something, you know, something like that. But it's all part of they're not in a two year plan, <laughs> you know, that they're yes. trying to bring this up over the next three, four years. Uh, and, and that's what they'll be measured on. And hopefully in the meantime, they don't slip and have a really bad season. If they do, maybe then Daniel Jones, you know, and the investment in him wasn't the way to go. Yeah, we will, we will certainly see. I mean, it reminds me a little bit. I, I mentioned this of the Bills, where year one, Sean McDermott gets there. You know, they're they're sort of struggling. They bench Tyrod Taylor for Nathan Peterman. Sort of, <laughs> yeah. They, they they did that was the year they traded away Marcel Darius at the trade deadline as well, mm-hmm. just to kind of get out from under his salary. So it felt like okay, we're we know what we are, and then <laughs> they 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 go on a winning streak at the end of the year. I think they beat the Chiefs. Um, they get that 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 Bengals touchdown from Andy Dalton to sneak into the postseason. And it's like, okay, well now our expectations are different for year two. And they took a step backwards. They traded for Josh Allen. They drafted Josh Allen. And I think they, you know, they took a step backwards, but then it worked out fine for them in the long run for the giants. I think, you know, there's that sort of same thing of, okay, we weren't expecting to make it to the playoffs in year one, but we did. It doesn't change our, you know, it changed the way they view Daniel Jones, but I don't think it changed the way they're viewing their broader roster construction. And luckily for them, they're in, they're in the NFC, so that helps a lot too. 
<laughs> that does that does make a big difference as i was i was discovering when i was looking at at the different playoff pictures this year and thinking who's going to make it back this year and uh it's a lot harder question it's a well, different kind of question i'd say it's hard in both conferences but hard for different reasons if you go to the top of the quarterback tiers it goes afc 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 nfc afc afc <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> AFC distribution. So, uh, you know, the, the path for the Giants to maybe get to the playoffs or win a playoff game is different for them. The bar is lower to clear. No question. So wanted to ask you about one more player in tier four as we finish up here. And a guy who I will say I'm a little surprised people were more optimistic about even given a relatively small sample, and that is the guy at the top of tier four, number 24, Brock Purdy. So Brock Purdy gets one vote in tier two, 23 in tier three, and 26 in tier four. So just narrowly misses out on tier three by a couple votes. But were people excited about Brock Purdy and just hadn't seen enough? Or was it that they were skeptical of Brock Purdy outside of the these surroundings in San Francisco. Okay, so did you think he might be higher? I thought I thought he would be a tier three quarterback. So mathematically, so here's the bind I was in. Uh, when I was working at ESPN, I would have like emailed, you know, uh, Hank Gargiulo or one of those guys over there. Hey, what would you do here? Uh, but uh, so he is a three point five zero. So you mm-hmm. can kind of go either way. And I put him into uh, tier four because 26 of the 50 votes were in tier four. So Mm -hmm. and 24 were higher than that, with one being him in tier two, which made the average be 3.5. So we could have pushed him over the line into tier three. I think it's a distinction without a difference or difference without a distinction or whatever the Mm -hmm. the saying is. So um, there's no doubt that the small sample size in an ideal situation Great defense, uh, you know, really good play caller, good play design. It wasn't like Brock Purdy came in and was just on a sinking ship and heroically saved the crew, right? <laughs> I mean, he kind of came in on uh, Jerry Jones's yacht and looked pretty good. Got a nice tan out there, right? And <laughs> didn't really do a lot beyond the uh, what was asked of him, but did what was asked of him well. And I think he mm-hmm. probably has to overcome the fact that of of that, the credit going to other places, what people thought of him coming out, uh, how many of the 50 voters saw him play five times, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. probably are not as familiar with him as they would be some other guys. So you're going to get a lot of people just say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to for him. I'm going to tear for him until uh, we see more. I don't think it's a slap in his face or anything like that. It's just what happens when you have someone who is hardly played. Yeah. And and a legitimate question. I, I think there's obviously a benefit to playing with Kyle Shanahan and all those great playmakers who are healthy uh, outside of a couple of weeks of missing Debo Samuel for, for the Brock Purdy run. I think we're going to get to see it for ourselves this year, whether he's going to be that guy the next couple of seasons. But I mean, whether he's the top of tier four, whether he's the bottom of tier three, you know, certainly think you can make a case for him to be even higher. And I think we will see people make a case for him if he pulls that off again in 2023. So here's an interesting one. If you had to bet uh, on the quarterback tiers for next season, who's higher, Brock <sighs> Purdy or Jimmy G? <laughs> Depends on who's healthier, I think is what it boils down to. Yeah. Which which quarterback actually plays more games, I think is the guy who will be higher. Yeah. I, I, I had a bet for you. 
or, or a, a yeah. question for you, I suppose, mm-hmm. as we finish up here. Um, my question for you, Mike Sando, is this. If you had to pick one player on this list who you feel confident will change tiers in 2024 when you do this voting next year, which player will it be and which tier will he go to or from? Or two. Yeah, I, I do have an answer in my mind. My initial, my initial thought was that it might be Trevor Lawrence going into tier one. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought that a year ago. Um, but I think he's really well positioned with the team. They have their kind of the confidence. I think he recaptured last year showed a lot in a couple of games where they had to come back. You know, they were down, I think 17 points to Dallas, obviously down big to the chargers. I think they've got a good, just a good team. I mean, on both sides of the mm-hmm. ball now. And so I see his trajectory rising. I mean, I, you know, Jalen hurts might be the other one, but, um, I may bet on the, number one overall talent of Trevor Lawrence to get up there. And I'm just looking if there's anyone in a different tier. Um, and I think Jordan Love will be higher than a four. I think Jordan Love mm. will probably get closer to a three uh, after the season. He got the four so, because no one knows anything. That's that's the thing. Had he thrown 80 pass attempts. Yeah. And I, th- I think the one the one thing that oh, spiked yeah. his numbers was a 60-yard catch and oh. run by Christian Watson. Yeah, I'll give you a better one. That Let's scratch Love. Kenny Pickett will be a three. Wow. Okay. He'll be a three. Cause I, the, the yins are in you coming out. Yeah. I mean, I just think he is a three. You know, I just think he only did it for one year. You know, he probably finished stronger than he started. Um, but I, I sort of like some of the things Pittsburgh's doing offensively. Um, I, I think that they're going to be in a better position uh, for him to be a three. I think he is a three. Yeah. I'm, I'm optimistic about Kenny Pickett this year. Certainly the playmakers are there. I don't think you can argue that too much. Um, I, I, I think he's in good shape. So would you bet I, on Goff being a two in another year with Ben Johnson? He's no, three. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I think he's a three next year. I think you look at how he improved in the second half. Mm-hmm. He, what were his second half numbers? He had I'm loading it up here from week nine on Jared Goff had 15 touchdowns and zero interceptions. <laughs> He turned the ball over one time. He lost one fumble in nine games. That's not going to happen forever, you're saying? I I, I would be surprised. I'll tell you what. If he could pull that off, the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl. If he doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't throw a single interception all season, or he got hurt. I one of those see, two One know, of those two scenarios. Week four, he's thrown 25 touchdowns and no interceptions in the last whatever games, you know? Uh, <laughs> I think they're going to be pretty good on offense, but yeah, we'll see. You'll see. That's, that's I'm I'm... I'm yeah, that, that's a really fascinating one because I think they're not as good as they were in the second half, but they are better than they were in the first half, which probably leaves them right around where they were. Probably leaves them right around nine and eight. But I think expectations because of how close they were last year are higher yeah. than that. Yeah, sounds good. We will have plenty more to discuss in the months to come. But Mike, where can people check out all the hard work you did and all the great work you put into this year's quarterback tiers column? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. On the athletic, uh, you can search by author You just type in Mike Sando. You'll find it there and uh, you can find me on Twitter or X or whatever it's going to be called tomorrow. At Sando <laughs> NFL. How about that? Tremendous. I first time anyone's mentioned X on my show. So I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I saw like on my home screen on my iPhone, it was like the X it's right. 
I'm going to show you, not everyone can see, but like the athletic app and the X app are next to each other and it's, it says Axe and they look similar. Axe. They look like they're almost the same font. So I don't know. I don't know. We get legal involved Seems here like maybe. Elon might have been <laughs> might have been copying the athletics font. Who knew? Yeah, Who knew? I don't know. So. Um, Mike, it's always a pleasure. It was a blast having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much to Mike Sando. Love having Mike on. I learned so much about what's actually being thought about in the NFL. Um, certainly, I think Mike is so good at at getting opinions that may be a little contrary out of folks. And I think contextualizing them is the important thing. I know it's easy to run away with the, the one guy from last year who had Mahomes as a tier two voter, but uh, as a tier two quarterback. But Certainly, I think getting this insight is super valuable. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the show. We have more coming next week. Have some very exciting preview stuff coming in a couple of weeks. Not going to spoil it, but something new coming in terms of an audio preview from me and I think a couple of other folks here as well. So hope you guys are enjoying the podcast, enjoying the preseason. Hope that you're favorite teams have not had anybody get injured as of yet. And we have more audio on the way next week.